Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The following is a paid program. The views expressed by the following program are those of the sponsor and not necessarily those of 77 WABC and Red Apple Media. It's more money with leading economist Steve Moore. Stephen Moore is with us, economist. With more than 30 years experience as an economist and as a leading thinker of government on business, showing deep understanding of the shifts in the global economy. He's leading economist Steve Moore with more money on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. Good afternoon, folks. It's Steve Moore here. It is time for the More Money Show. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Uh, We have a great, loyal audience. I really appreciate it. Our ratings are really fantastic, and it's because uh, people do like to know what's going on with the economy, what's going on with politics. So thank you so much for sticking with us. And if you're new to the show, I hope you enjoy it. Our uh, our uh, philosophy is that the uh, free enterprise system is the uh, is the best way to create a prosperous America. And uh, I got to tell you, you know, I'm from Chicago, folks. I think a lot of you know that. And uh, so I'm, I'm very familiar with snow. And we used to get I remember when I was a kid, we'd get, you know, two feet of snow like uh, New York and uh, many of the other East uh, Coast states are getting hit. And by the way, this is the best talk radio station in America. We reach all the way up to Maine, all the way down to practically North Carolina. So it's a, it's just a privilege to uh, to be on this uh, on this great channel. But uh, I love the snow. I know people, you know, it causes problems for sure. And I know you're getting a lot of it in New York City. I, <coughs> excuse me, I'm in in Maryland right now in the D.C. suburbs, we got about four or five inches. I know you guys are getting in the in the New York area, you're getting, uh, you know, 12 to 24 inches. That's a big difference. But it's just fun. I mean, it's a beautiful blue sky here. Uh, it's in the in the mid 20s. And I think it's still snowing in New York. But when, when it stops snowing or while it's snowing, get out. Get out after my show is over, okay? <laughs> Listen to the show, but then get out because it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful. It is a winter wonderland. And if you got kids, get the sleds out, get the get the snowsuits out, make the snow uh, angels and all of that kind of fun stuff. It's just it's a it's a wonderful wonderful winter wonderland out there. Okay. So let us talk a little bit about the economy. I've got a great show today. I will take your calls at the end of the uh, hour because, as I always say, that's my favorite part of the show. This is Freedom of Speech Radio uh, and a Freedom of Speech show. So I want to hear from you, whether you're a liberal, conservative, Republican, Democrat, I don't care. The topic of the day is that uh, Joe Biden says the economy is doing just great under his leadership. I don't agree with that, but I'd like to hear people what you think is going right and what you think is going wrong with the economy. Uh, we did have a good growth number for the for the year 2021. Uh, so that is good. My uh, attitude about that is that it was really set up by the Operation Warp Speed vaccine that allowed states to reopen their economies and get our businesses up and running and, uh, and make up for the lost ground that we saw, you know, during 2020. Uh, but look, 
let's give credit where credit is due. The economy did, in terms of jobs and GDP growth, did pretty well in 2021. But here is my problem. I think there are signs of trouble ahead. I hope I'm wrong about this. I'm not rooting against the American economy. I want the American economy to do, I want us to see a boom. I want wages to rise. I want to see the stock market to continue to grow. Uh, But here are the problems that I see on the horizon. I think that this inflation is a cancer. It is eroding the value of your savings. It is eroding the the value of your paycheck. Uh, it means that wages and salaries are falling for Americans. Uh, you know, we're seeing in this, in the grocery stores, especially. Not only are we seeing prices rising really dramatically. In fact, I talked to somebody who's a food specialist yesterday. Uh, runs a big food distribution center that helps provide uh, the groceries all over the Northeast. And he was telling me he thinks that prices are going to rise another 20% in groceries uh, before in the next six months. And, you know, that on top of the 10% inflation we had in 2021, that is going to cause a lot of hardship for people. Inflation is a tax. I love it when Biden says, I'm not going to tax any American who makes less than 400000 Every time you go to the gas pump, folks, Every time you go to the grocery store, every time you try to rent a car, if you try, if you want to buy a car, uh, almost everything you want to buy now is more expensive. And buy a lot, buy a lot. And I'm predicting that we're going to see more inflation, not less inflation this year. What about the debt? What about the debt? Is anybody concerned about the debt? Is anybody concerned that we have a $23 trillion national debt, which is bigger than our whole economy? Is anybody concerned that, that neither party is doing anything about the debt, uh, that we are basically eroding the value of our country? I mean, folks, you know this. If you run a business or you run a household, you know you can't just run up your credit card, right? I mean, that, that's a story that always had a, has an unhappy ending. And I've done it before. And then you, let, you get yourself in a debt problem. And it, it, it is a real, real tragedy when that happens to a family's finances or obviously a business finances. And the same thing for a country. I love these monetary, modern monetary liberal theorists. Oh, we could just keep borrowing and borrowing forever and the foreigners will keep you know, buying our debt. And uh, of course, when those interest rates go up, we're in a world of hurt. And then I'm going to make one other quick point. Crime. Crime is going on all over the country. You're feeling it in, uh, in New York. We have 10 major cities that have seen record numbers of murders and robberies um, in, in the last six months. It is, it is, uh, crime is a tax. It's a tax on businesses. When people steal things from a Walgreens or a Walmart or uh, you know, a grocery store or, a, uh, or, or in the malls, that's, that is a tax because it means that those, those retailers have to raise their prices for things because somebody stole the merchandise. And so that's something that I think is a real, and, and by the way, it's so easy to deal with crime, get tough with the criminals, right? Get tough with the criminals. And, you know, you don't let people steal things. And that's what we're doing in so many of the cities right now. We need uh, prosecutors who will go after the criminals. And if they are a menace to society, if they're dangerous, obviously they need to be in jail. Uh, oh, okay. And then I'm going to mention one other thing, the, the border. The border is more out of control now than ever before. That is a tax on Americans as well. So my point is, I don't see that. You know, I know Joe Biden says everything is smooth sailing. Everything's wonderful. I'm not seeing it, folks. I'm not feeling the love. And so uh, 
I my grade for Joe Biden in his first year as president is a D grade. I'm going to give him a D, and I wonder what grade you all will give him. Uh, and I am going to now take a quick break. I'm going to have Bob Stepanowski on at the bottom of the hour. He is going to be the next governor of Connecticut. A Republican will be the next governor of Connecticut. I'm making that prediction right here. You're listening to the More Money Show, WABC Radio. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hey, it's Ryan Payne. It's Bob Payne from Payne Capital Management today here on More Money, talking markets, economy, financial planning. And Bob, man, oh, man. It's been a wild, volatile time in the market. Earnings are coming in great, but companies are selling off. What's going on right now? What's your hey, rating Ryan, we, Hey, we're getting tons of volatility. And I'll tell you what, I've been doing this for 47 years. I love volatility, but especially when it's upside volatility. I don't like this down volatility, right? It's like everybody loves me when the market's going on. Market goes down, it's like, hey, what's going on? But you know what? Well, Bob, we're having a correction. We're having a correction, Ryan. This is not the beginning of a bear market. At least I don't think it is. Well, look, I mean, you have, a, I call it the tale of two markets right now, right? A lot of these, what we call disruptive technologies have sold off big, whether it's Peloton, Zoom, um, even Tesla this week had great earnings, but the stock has dropped like a rock right now. Uh, meanwhile, on the other hand, you have like energy prices going through the roof. You've got commodities going up right now. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that we know the Fed is going to start tightening economic conditions, and that's having a big repricing of the stock market. Well, you know, if you've been a listener of this show, which I've been, by the way, Rye, I know you have been as well. Um, loyal listener. Tell everybody, right? We have tell everybody knows they listen to us that the Federal Reserve has been artificially depressing interest rates now for a number of years, right? That's what it means when they go in and buy bonds. That's what it means when they don't raise interest rates, right? But now they're starting to think and tell us they're taking the punch bowl away, right? Is that the end of the world? Uh, I mean, you would think by watching the news every day that, yes, it's the end of the world. It's, it's, it's over, Bob. That's it. Game over. Go to cash. But no, I mean, the reality of it is inflation is going up. Interest rates are going up because the economy is actually doing well. I know, it's, I know it's like a curse word to say that. The economists love to tear things bad. But look, I mean, look at GDP growth of the growth of the U.S. economy. It was better than expected last quarter. It's going to be strong again this year. And then unemployment is going to continue to come down as people's wages are going up. I mean, fundamentally, these are all positives. The problem is, is we've been living in a world where we didn't have this kind of growth for the last decade, and it's kind of a shock. It's a shock to the, the markets. And this is why you have to readjust your portfolio. And this is why bond funds, we talk about them all the time, aren't doing well right now because rates are going up. You know, right? in the past, we've said, hey, please avoid long-duration assets. Right now, it's easy to figure out what's a long-duration bond asset. It's like a 30-year treasury bond or a bond fund. That's invested in an open-ended structure where if interest rates go up, your portfolio goes down and keeps going down, and, you, and there's no end in sight. But there's also long-duration stocks, and these are technology stocks. And everybody loves technology stocks, but they don't love them when they stop going up. And what happens when interest rates go up? Technology stocks go down. Disruption goes down. Innovation goes down. Cryptocurrencies go down. Now's the time to take a hard look at your portfolio and make sure you have the right companies in that portfolio. Yeah. And this is the biggest mistake that we've seen right now. We look at over 50 portfolios a month. We probably see more portfolios than any other wealth advisor in the country. And we know what everybody's doing right now. And we can tell you, you most likely, you probably aren't as diversified as you think. You probably have more money in those quote unquote tech stocks, bond funds than you really probably should. 
And it's a good time to reevaluate that because, again, you're seeing the market volatility. Things are repricing. The world's changing. You know, Rye, I went through this once before. Back in 1999, we had a tech bubble. We had these dot-com stocks that were selling with no earnings, with these ridiculous price-to-earnings ratios. There weren't even price-to-earnings ratios because there were no earnings. Right? You had these companies that just went up because people kept buying what was going up. And then when that bubble burst, it only took 15 years to break even, right? So when you see these favorite companies here that are dropping like a rock right now, don't chase them. It's never too early to sell a bubble. You want to be in pro-inflation assets right now. Yeah, I think the idea here is you want to make sure you reposition your portfolio because if inflation stays high, which most likely it is, right? I mean, you hear about People right now are workers. They can switch jobs. It's not a problem because you know, jobs are abundant. You know, wages are going up. But if you're an employer right now, you're really dealing with this labor shortage, which means you've got to pay more for your workers. It's hard to find workers, which means your prices are going to continue to go higher. This dynamic is going to be with us for a long time. So you've got to, re- to your point, but I've got to readjust to that. And you have to think about it from the perspective of what kind of income do I need to produce in my portfolio so I can be financially independent? And those growth stocks, I got news for you. They don't pay income. Good point, Rye. You know what? The backdrop is clearly changing, right? We see inflation. We're told it's only transitory. We found out that wasn't the case. And we talk to a lot of business owners, right? We have a lot of clients who have big businesses, and they're telling us everywhere in the country, the labor market is tight, right? And what are they doing? They're paying more money to keep them, right? They're paying more money to attract them. And meanwhile, the cost of doing business is going up, and they're not swallowing those costs. They're increasing their prices. So you have that wage price spiral starting to happen. The backdrop's clearly changing. You have to change with it to make sure that your financial plan is online to help you to achieve all those goals that are so important to you and your family. Yeah, you really do. And I think the, the other thing to keep in mind here, too, is you know it sounds like higher interest rates, the Fed's tightening. This all sounds like negatives. But to some extent, it's not really a negative, right? The fact that we're seeing inflation and we're seeing interest rates go higher is because the economy is getting better. It's, it's a positive. And in fact, if you look at all the historical data and you look at the last couple of decades, stocks tend to do well when interest rates go up. So I think, you know, one mistake you're going to make right now is you don't want to sit in cash. Maybe you're thinking, oh, I'm concerned about what's going on with the Ukraine. And we know Russia may invade and, you know, the media is really making a big stir about this and you should sit in cash and wait. I wouldn't do that. You know, about how significant is Ukraine in the scheme of the overall global economy? I mean, am I well, it's not something? exactly. Yeah, we don't we don't exactly have a trade deficit with Ukraine. Um, but nonetheless, <laughs> you know, it is a global economy and any type of uncertainty like war, uh, you know, like I, last I checked, the stock market hates war or the potential for war. So it's just sort of uncertainty that adds to the uncertainty of all the other things. But, you know, if you look back historically and you look at the financial markets, there's never certainty, right? It's, there's always uncertainty, right? So you're always going to have concerns, recognize there's never going to be certainty. And that's why you want to have a diversified strategy that gives you the highest probability of success. But that being said, things are changing right now. And you have to make some changes in your strategy to make sure that you're going to be able to overcome inflation because inflation's here going to be a little stickier than people think. And you want to make sure that your projections that you're doing with your advisor are going to get you to those goals net of that higher inflation rate. The question you want to ask yourself, do you have the portfolio for the next 10 years? Are you sitting around thinking, I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm in the right place. Well, here's your shot to do it. We've got 10 slots open um, literally for this hour doing this radio show. If you call or text 
to 844-752-6692, and you saved over $750,000 saved for retirement, Bob and I will run our total financial master plan. We'll do that with no obligation or cost. It's a full holistic review. We look at everything. There's no other firm out there that will provide this upfront at no cost. We will go through every statement. We'll go through every investment you own. We'll show you where all the hidden costs are in your portfolio. We'll show you where all the tax inefficiencies are. We'll show you how to save on taxes. I have to think taxes are going higher. We got a big deficit. We got to pay for somehow. We're going to give you all our tax strategies. We're going to look at income. You've got to have an income plan for retirement. And if cost of living is going up, it's more critical than ever. How do you take Social Security? How do you generate income on your portfolio and account for inflation? How do you create a portfolio that creates income so you don't run out of money over the rest of your life? We're going to put together a full game plan and we're going to look at diversification. Are you overweighted in growth? Bond funds, everything you just got hammered last week because you weren't properly diversified. We're going to show you where all the pitfalls are in your portfolio. Or if you've been sitting with way too much money in cash, earning nothing as cost is going up, well, we're going to show you exactly how to get invested to grow your money, but most importantly, protect it over time. We've got 10 slots if you have over $750,000 saved for retirement. If you give us a call or text right now. All you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or you just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. If you're one of our next 10 callers, you've saved over 750000 for your retirement. Our team of financial advisors and certified financial planners will create for you your own unique total financial master plan. Now, no obligation, no cost, but there won't be a plan if you don't text or call. 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. So, Bob, you know, the other thing that we look at at our firm, uh, pain capital management, of course, that's P-A-Y-N-E for the thousand or so families that we manage is we hear a lot, I don't want to retire and I love what I do. I'm never going to retire, which sounds great, but, you know, life is a lot more complicated than that. So I thought we could explore when someone tells you, I don't want to retire, what, what are they really saying? I thought we could delve into that because we hear that quite often when we're running retirement projections for, for new clients. Well, first of all, Rive, I've been in, I can't tell you how many countless meetings uh, where I made the mistake of asking a professional or a business owner or a career person, you know, when they're going to retire and they go ballistic. Why would I want to retire? I'm great at what I do. What are you crazy? You know, what do you think I'm old? I mean, it's just, I, I, I got away from that. So don't ask that question anymore. There's only one question you need to ask. What's the date I'm going to be financially independent where I can decide whether I keep working or not? Well, it's a good point because look, maybe you love your job and you love what you do. And Bob, I, I think you do. You've been, you're never going to retire, I hope. I hope, but who knows? Um, but you know, we have to ask yourself is what if you can't work anymore? What if a health issue comes up? What if your company downsizes? What if your company gets bought and they don't have a job for you anymore? So a lot of times it's not your choice when you finish your career. So I think the idea there, Bob, to your point of financial independence is what you have to ask yourself is if I can't work tomorrow, Am I able to live off my portfolio, Social Security, any pensions that I have? Will I be financially independent if I stop working? Hey, Ryan, let's be real and let's be honest about this. When someone says, I love my career, I'm never going to retire, that means they're procrastinating the hard work of seeing if they can actually retire, right? Who wants to do financial planning? It's boring as can be. Who wants to put together 
together a budget. It's like me <laughs> telling you, hey, it's time to hit the gym. You know, what about that New Year's resolution? You're going to lose 20 pounds. How about that diet you're paying for, right? Who wants to diet? Who wants to talk about that? So really what it is, is procrastination and you can't put it off. Because, you know, here, a year just went by. We're already yeah. getting ready for February, right? Time flies whether you're having fun or not. Well, I get it too, because it's a little nerve wracking because the question is, can I even retire, right? So a lot of us just put it out of our mind because we can't even fathom a world where we're not getting a paycheck and we actually have to live off our portfolio. And I'll say surprisingly, I mean, with everyone that sits down with us and we run those numbers, we go through, we look at budget, we look at inflation, we look at taxation, and we look at, you know, what is your lifespan going out to age, in some cases, 90 and 30 years of being retired. You can be pleasantly surprised that a lot of times you can actually do it, but you just have to run the numbers. Well, that's absolutely the case, right? And a lot of times I hear, well, it's not so much that I love my job, I love my career, and I love my company. I just don't know what I would do. I'd be bored to tears if I were to retire. Yeah. And that's actually a fair point because we see this a lot with clients that retire, and I'd say a good portion of our clients are baby boomers, is the ones that maybe don't have a lot going on. They don't tend to stay as healthy as, as the clients that stay active well into their 80s, in some kind, cases, 90s. So you know, maybe not going 100% to retirement, but finding something to do where you're active is probably a critical component to having a healthy retirement. Yeah, and I think it's always good to do a dress rehearsal, right? Like figure out what are your hobbies? What would you do if you didn't have to report on that Zoom meeting every day or you have to get that work done by the end of the week, you know, find a hobby, see what you do like, right? See if you do like to travel, see if you do like to give, you know, back into the community and work in a, in a charitable endeavor. So, you know, sometimes you just want to start thinking about that because this is not a dress rehearsal, right? Nobody gets off this mortal coil alive. <laughs> I'm starting to get ready for my planning. I don't want to do any more Zoom calls either. So maybe it's time, Bob. I think I'm, uh, I'm going to say adieu. I, this, is, this has been fun, but uh, I want to get on my retirement journey. Um, I wish. But no, I think the other thing to think about too is maybe you're just not confident because of maybe the financial advice you have or the portfolio that you're in. Because a lot of times, maybe when you started with your career, you have someone who is a family friend, a college roommate who manages your finances, who's a really nice person, but you know they're not doing real financial planning. Maybe they, you know, they bought you some stocks, they bought you some mutual funds, they've gone up, but you don't really have a context for this is someone who can guide me through my financial life and get me through retirement. And a lot of times we're, we're kind of anxious to maybe move away from that person and actually go to a person who actually does real financial planning. Well, that's really the difference, Rob, between working with a financial salesman and a financial advisor. Financial advisor doesn't give you a financial plan. You know, it doesn't give you a book, a document, something you look at once and say, oh, hey, you're healthy as can be. Come back in 35 years and we'll see how it works out. You know, planning is a process. It's an ongoing process where you know, by this time already this year, you should have had an update of what your future looks like, what projections uh, they've done for you, because things change, right? Your habits change. You know, by doing this every year, you know, what I find is that you keep people accountable. You keep you accountable to achieving those goals, to making the right decisions, to not overspending, to saving the right amount of money, and, and really stay focused on those goals, right? It's, you know, you want to be able to look forward to enjoying that retirement if that's in, in, indeed is what your your number one goal is. Yeah. Well, I think it just the bottom line is it takes it takes the stress out of the equation, right? Not knowing is stressful. Knowing is much less stressful, even if you're not where you should be. Just knowing where you are is so much better than always wondering. And you know, not knowing and not knowing where where you are is probably the most stressful place to be. So 
you can start making really good decisions about your career. Do you keep working? Do you retire? You start dialing back what you're doing when you know exactly where you stand financially speaking. And if you're thinking to yourself right now, like, this is what I want to know. I want to get a clear idea of where I am right now. Am I, if I'm comfortably retired, can I stay comfortably retired? If I want to be retired in the next five to 10 years, am I on the right track to do that? Well, we've got about seven slots left if you call or text right now and you have over $750,000 saved for retirement. Bob and I will do this for you. We will run our total financial master plan. We'll do it with no obligation or cost. There's not another firm out there that will do this work up front. We will literally go through every investment you own. We're going to build you your own financial portal, get a bird's eye view of your whole net worth. We're just going to hone in on every financial issue you have. Every, every investment you own, we're going to go through show where the hidden costs are. Wall Street loves to sell lots of products with fees. Shocking. And those annuities, mutual funds, brokerage products. We'll show you how to reduce all the costs on your portfolio. Optimize it for taxes. Money saved in taxes is just as green as any money you can make invested. And we're going to do a deep dive into how much money you're going to need in retirement. We're going to do a full income plan. We're going to look at when to take Social Security how to generate income on your portfolio so you don't run out of money over the rest of your life factoring in inflation. And we're going to look at diversification. Are you protected with the market selling off right now? Is your portfolio positioned correctly for the next 10 years? Or have you been sitting in cash, earning nothing, paralysis by analysis, trying to figure out what to do? We're going to put together a full investment game plan, show you exactly how to invest your money, not only to grow it, but most importantly, protect it over the rest of your life. We've got seven slots left. If you call or text right now, all you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. If you're one of our next seven callers, you've saved over $750,000 for your retirement. Our team of financial advisors and certified financial planners will create for you your own unique total financial master plan. Now, there's no obligation. There's no cost. There's no strings attached. Won't be a plan. You don't text or call. 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. Hey, I hope you enjoyed our segment today. You can check out more of our content. Go to BeBullish.com. That's BeBullish.com. Check out our Pain Points of Wealth podcast. We go into depth on a lot of the topics we talk about right here. Stay right there. We got more, more money coming your way. GenPact LLC seeks a senior manager, supply chain management, consulting, multiple positions available in New York, New York, to lead full life cycle consulting studies to identify, analyze, and prioritize client supply chain issues, assist in developing customized supply chain solutions in supply chain strategy and performance improvement. Position requires related master's degree and two years related experience or related bachelor's degree and six years progressively responsible post-bachelor's experience. Foreign equivalent degrees acceptable. Also requires two years experience with supply chain management and high-tech manufacturing or customer goods industry. Headquartered in New York with travel to unanticipated sites throughout the U.S. Mail resume and cover letter to A. Byro Poyukla, 51 JFK Parkway, First Floor West, Suite 12,nine, Short Hills, New Jersey, 07078. Indicate code GSMSCMCNY0122 when applying. GenPact is an equal opportunity employer. Talk Radio 77 WABC. 
This is More Money with economist Steve Moore. Now, Steve Moore. This is Bob Payne, Chief Investment Strategist, here with Payne Capital Management with this week's market update. You know, over my 46 years in the investment business, I've observed that the markets advance slowly and deliberately, like an escalator, and decline suddenly and swiftly, like an elevator. And the person pushing the down button on this week's market elevator was our own Federal Reserve Chairman, Jerome Powell, who managed to get everyone nervous while doing nothing at this week's Fed meeting. He didn't raise rates. He didn't make any changes to his plans to taper. However, he did make it crystal clear that the Fed will start raising rates in March, leading many pundits to predict the Fed will raise rates faster than it did in the last decade in order to tame inflation. Now, the good news is bull markets are not dependent on the Federal Reserve or Federal Reserve policy. The downtrend that we have experienced so far this year looks and acts more like a correction and not much like a bear market. Bear markets begin gradually with long rolling tops. And as they say on Wall Street, bear markets start with a whimper, not with a bang. Now, corrections, they're different. Corrections are generally short, sharp, sentiment-driven declines that fall sharply from a prior high, quickly and suddenly, you know, like an elevator. Our stock market was just at a new all-time record high a mere 19 days ago. That leaves us with 361 days in the year for us to get back or maybe perhaps even exceed that high. Now, typically a correction after a swift fall with most expecting the worst yet to come turns around and snaps back higher, usually about as fast as it falls with no warning. Essentially, that's why market timing doesn't work. Yes, rates are rising. Yes, inflation may be around for a while. As I said last week, with new inputs, the asset prices have to adjust. They have to reprice. There's no way to know when this recent bout of selling will end. There's no way to know on what floor the elevator will reach before it stops going down. Perhaps we reach that floor on Friday. What I do know is when we reach that floor, please don't panic and get off. Once that elevator door closes and starts going back up, it never, ever comes back to let you on. Hey, my son, Ryan, and I, we have 70 years of combined industry experience of building low-cost, tax-efficient, goal-based portfolios. To get your free evaluation, all you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PL. A-N-N-Y-C. Hey, this is Bob Payne, and I'm the Chief Investment Strategist here at Payne Capital Management. It's more money with leading economist Steve Moore. Stephen Moore is with us, economist. With more than 30 years' experience as an economist and as a leading thinker of government on business, showing deep understanding of the shifts in the global economy, he's leading economist Steve Moore with more money on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. Welcome back, folks. Steve Moore here. This is the More Money Show on WABC. By the way, if you want that free consultation with, uh, I call them Citizens Payne, uh, that's uh, Ryan and Bob Payne that do an amazing job. They're the best in the business. I'm going to give that number one more time, 844-NYC-PLAN. Also, at the end of the hour, I will be taking your calls. So please, please, um, I want to hear from you. The question is, do you believe that uh, 
Joe Biden is right when he says this is one of the best economies we've had. I don't believe it at all, but I want to hear from people on both sides. This is Freedom of Speech Radio. Uh, that number, uh, call in maybe in about 10, 12 minutes, 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222 is our uh, More Money hotline. But in the meantime, I am really privileged to have on the line my good friend and uh, I think the guy who is going to be the savior for the great state of Connecticut. I'm talking about Bob Stefanowski. Uh, you all know that Bob ran for governor in 2018 and came within a whisker of winning that race against Ned Lamont. Uh, and uh, it looks like we're headed towards a rematch. And this time I'm making a prediction right here on uh, WABC that I believe that uh, Bob Stefanowski will be the next governor of Connecticut. Uh, Bob, uh, thanks for mu- so much for joining us this afternoon. Bob, I'm having to apologize for the uh, the technical difficulty. I can't hear you, so we're going to try to get that um, corrected. But in the meantime, I want to remind people that in a few minutes, we're going to be taking your calls at 1-800-848-9222. I want to hear if you agree or disagree with me about and Joe Biden, frankly, because Joe Biden says this is one of the best economies we've ever had. He took a big victory lap and said, my first year performance you know, was excellent. I give the president a the grade of D, that is D as in dog for his performance on the economy, but I would love to hear from you all. I look at what's happening with the massive increase in the deficit. I look what's happening with the increase in the debt. I look with the massive increase in prices all over the place. My wife and I went out the other night to our grocery store in our neighborhood, and we couldn't, the, the, a lot of the shelves were empty, folks. Not only were the prices expensive for everything from milk to bread to meat, but uh, a lot of the things just weren't available, which is the ultimate, you know, form of inflation. Because if you can't, if you can't find milk, or you can't find eggs, you know, you're going to have to pay two, three times more than you usually pay to get them. When there's shortages, then you're going to have problems. Now, why do we have shortages? Because we have been paying people not to work for two years now. It's been two years. There are millions of Americans who have not been working for two years. They are of working age. They are people who should be and could be working, but the government is providing them with so much income that uh, they don't feel like they have to work. And uh, a lot of them are sitting on the couch watching Netflix or watching TV or doing you know, sleeping in in the morning. Uh, and the, by the way, that's not fair to the people who do work 40 hours a week. Right. Or 50 hours a week. The people are the truckers, the people, the delivery people, the people working in the hospitals, the people who are working uh, in the in the factories and the people are working in construction. Those are the heroes of the economy. I've always said we should be lowering the payroll tax on people who are working and then lower the unemployment, the unemployment benefits of people who are, are not working, because, ladies and gentlemen, if you're an any able-bodied person with any kind of skill can find a job in 48 hours. The jobs are out there. There are 10 million job openings. We have trucking jobs. We have warehousing jobs. We have, we have jobs for bookkeepers. We have jobs for nurses and nurses' aides. And all over, grocery store clerks, every, everybody who needs workers. Our restaurants around where I live, I think this is also true in New York City and a lot of the outlying areas, there is no there is no um, there, there are no workers to hire. And a lot of these stores are, are actually closing down now or they're not open 
several nights a week with respect to restaurants because they cannot find the workers because Uncle Sam is paying the people more money not to work than work. And think about this. You've got rental assistance. You've got food stamps. You've got unemployment benefits. You've got child subsidies. You've got these $300 a week uh, you know, benefits for a month, benefit for kids. That's three kids. That's 900 bucks a month uh, for not working. And I'm sorry. I do, I do believe we should have a safety net in this country, but it has to be for people who want to help themselves. It is not basically a handout. We need to basically say, if you're going to get the taxpayer assistance from people who are working, you either have to be working, looking for a job, and an education or training program. We're not going to allow you to sit there and do nothing and collect money from the people who are working. I, I, I know that may seem hard-hearted, but it isn't. By the way, every study shows that when people are working, they are happier, they are healthier than people who are not working. We just have too many people. I'm not talking about senior citizens. I'm not talking about kids. I'm talking about people between the ages of 22 and 65 that uh, that should be working, and they are not. And that is a huge problem with this with this economy right now. We also have a parallel problem with the runaway crime rate in this country, which I find to be just unbelievable. I, I never thought I'd see the day. I thought we had turned the t- corner on crime in this country. We have uh, prosecutors who are not prosecuting criminals. We have police forces that have been told to stand down. And not in, in California, you know, for theft, they're not even arresting people. And you look at what's happening. Have you all seen the trains in Los Angeles? I don't know if you've seen the pictures, folks, of what has happened uh, along the train tracks in um Los Angeles and Southern California, where robbers, like it's, it's almost like we're back in the 1850s, robbers are boarding these trains with all the merchandise and all the boxes of, 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 of merchandise that has to be get to, gotten to the warehouses, and they're stealing this stuff. They're just stealing, and then they're throwing, the littering the entire sides of the train tracks with empty boxes and, and all sorts of rubbish, and nobody cleans it up. What is going on in this country when we allow that to happen? What is going on with this country? Now, I want to mention one other quick thing. We do see hope in this country. I mentioned Bob Stefanowski, who is going, he's running for governor of California, I mean, of, of, of Connecticut. He is exactly what the state of Connecticut needs. That state has been so mismanaged. At one point, not long ago, Connecticut was the richest country uh, state in the country. It was the place that people went to if they wanted to get rich. It was a place where there was a lot of enterprise, a lot of great schools. All of that's gone away. Connecticut is losing its people. New York is losing its people. New Jersey is losing its people, its businesses. Uh, They're buying homes in everywhere from Tennessee to Texas and and Nashville and Austin and Fort Lauderdale and Miami, West Palm Beach, Naples, Florida. I just got back from Florida. Folks, I got to tell you this because I know most of you are in the New York metropolitan area. I cannot tell you how many New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut license plates I saw. And pretty soon they're going to change their residence to Florida, and they're not going to be paying taxes in in, uh, Connecticut, and they're not going to be paying taxes in New Jersey and New York. They're going to be paying taxes on much lower taxes in places like Miami and uh, places uh, like uh, like, uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee, and places like Austin and Dallas and Houston. And it is it is 
doing so much damage to our great cities. I've mentioned many times on the show, I am from the great city of Chicago. We have the same problems in Chicago that New York does. Horrible, horrible leadership. Uh, we've got uh, in, in Chicago, uh, Mayor Lightfoot, who just will not do anything about the crimes. She will not do anything about the schools. She will not do anything about the taxes. She will not do anything about the anti-business attitude of the city council. And it is chasing away not just whites, blacks, Hispanics are leaving Chicago. They're leaving New York. They're leaving Newark. They're leaving the cities of uh, Connecticut as well. And it, it is Hartford losing people. So many, even the wealthy areas of Connecticut are losing their citizens because of inferior leadership. And I'll tell you this, if Bob does, and I'm not here to advertise, you know, I'm not a rah-rah Republican. The Republicans caused a lot of the problems that we have as well. It's Republicans and Democrats. But I've got to tell you this. If you bring in somebody like Bob Stefanowski, you're going to see almost an overnight improvement in the business environment of the state of Connecticut. I think it'll bleed over into New Jersey and New York. I think it's the best possible thing that could happen to the state of, of uh, Connecticut. Uh, new leadership is desperately needed. You saw what happened in New Jersey. For those of you who live in New Jersey, you know what happened. Uh, the thunderbolt that happened in November where, where a candidate who was outspent, what, 10 or 15 to 1 by, by Murphy, who's a you know, multimillionaire, um, almost lost. And I know some of my friends in New Jersey think that there was some hanky-panky going on in that election. I'm not going to get into that. But I will say this, that it was an incredibly close race, even though the Democrats and the teachers union spent 10 times more money than the Republicans did. Well, I got to guarantee you this. In Connecticut, we're not going to get outspent. Republicans are not going to get outspent. Bob's going to put some of his own money in this race. He's raising a lot of money from people who care about uh, the Yankee state. I call it the Yankee state. And um, so this is going to be something to watch in November. Another point I'd like to make to you all folks. Uh, we are now looking at a situation across the country where blue states, whether it's California, whether it's Illinois, whether it's Michigan, whether it's New Jersey, New York, Connecticut are seeing massive losses of their population. I'm looking at data on U-Haul, uh, the U-Haul trucks, the vans that move people one state to another. If you're in New York and you want to uh, rent a van to move your uh, residency and move all of your home belongings to, uh, let's say, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, that van is going to cost you about $2,500. But if you're in Fort Lauderdale and you want to move to New York, that van's only going to cost you about $500. Now think about that. Think about why that would happen. $2,500 to get a van from New York to Miami or West Palm Beach or Fort Lauderdale, but only $500 to, to, uh, to go in the opposite direction. If you live in Newark, New Jersey, and you want to do, go uh, move to Dallas, you're going to pay about $3,000 for that van, about $3,000. If somebody in Dallas wanted to move to the Newark area, they would pay uh, about $600. Now, wh again, think about this. Why is that happening? Why are you seeing these huge discrepancies? And the answer is obvious, right? Because people, if they, the van business has to, has to have the vans all over the country. If they don't charge different rates, then all of the vans, are going to end up in Dallas, and they're going to end up in Houston, they're going to end up in Salt Lake City, and they're going to end up in, in uh, every area of Florida, 
and there's not going to be any vans left over so people can travel from New York. So they have to provide an incentive for people to move in the other direction through a lower price. And, and the data is really amazing. It is amazing. And if you look at the data from U-Haul and United Van Lines, same thing. They show that, that for every two shipments, I'm sorry, for every one shipment that they have from, uh, say, uh, Florida to New York, they have two to three shipments from New York to Florida or Tennessee or Texas or, you know, the hot states right now are states like uh, Idaho, states like Montana, states like uh, Utah is booming. By the way, we rank Utah the number one state in the country in terms of pro business. But if there's a change in leadership in these states, and I, I will get down from my soapbox in a minute, but if there is a change in leadership, and people believe in the free enterprise system, believe in pro-business, believe in fighting crime, believe that the, teach, the schools are for the kids and the parents, not the teachers' unions. I know that's an alien concept in a lot of these northeastern states, but I'm going to say that again. The schools are for the parents and the kids. They are not for the teachers' unions. For too long, for too many decades, we have let the teachers' unions run our state, our state schools and our local schools, and they have produced catastrophic, disastrous results. And when you get a good new governor in, now I, I live in Virginia, and in Virginia, we have a new governor who was just sworn in a week or two ago, Glenn Youngkin, and he's already making major changes to the schools. He's saying parental choice. Parents make the choice about whether the kids have to wear masks in schools. People have different attitudes. I know a lot of half my friends think kids should wear, they want their kids wearing masks in schools, and half the other parents say, no, we don't want our kids wearing the masks. So the idea is, okay, let's have school choice. If parents want, want to send their kids to schools that require masks, you go to those schools. If parents want to go to schools that don't require masks, you go to these schools. What's happening in Virginia, you, you all have to understand how militaristic and Stalinistic and actually just um, cruel the left can be. So I have good friends who live in Loudoun County, Virginia, which is protesting against the governor's order that the decision about whether to wear a mask in school the governor says that decision rests with the parents, not the school blob, the administrators. No, the parents are going to make that decision. So what happened this week, I don't know if you've been following this story, but it's pretty amazing. You have an insurrection going on in Virginia in the school districts. The school authorities who think they know everything, right? They're the ones who shut down the schools, by the way, in Virginia. The school authorities are now denying access, denying entry into the schools. I'm not making this up. They're not letting the kids into the school if they don't have a mask, even though the governor said you don't have to wear a mask if your parents don't want you to. Now, that's an amazing thing. And another thing that's going on in these schools, you, you, again, I'm not making this up. You can look it up. You can, you can Google this and you'll see how, what I'm saying is absolutely true. Some of the schools are letting the kids go into the school, but they are segregating those kids. They are not letting them into the uh, classrooms. They're putting them in the cafeteria. They're putting them into the gymnasium where there is no instruction going on. 
Think about that. Think about how cool is that? They're not letting these kids learn anything. That's the purpose of school, right? So the kids can learn math and reading and writing and socialize with their friends. Remember the old idea, this evil idea uh, during the segregation era of separate but equal schools. We, we are all horrified by the, that policy that once existed in this country, and the Supreme Court very wisely overruled the idea of separate but equal. <laughs> you know what we have in Virginia right now? Because of liberals, separate but equal. The kids that are not wearing masks have separate schools. It's not equal. They're not getting any instruction. They're just sitting them in front of a computer screen. So <laughs> I'm fed up with that. I don't, are you fed up with this? <laughs> I am fed up with these bossy, you know, uh, uh, you know, administrators, many of them weren't even elected. They just they, they I don't even know where they came from. And they think they know better than you and me about what's best for our parents. I have three sons. I have two stepsons. I got five boys, two of them out of school. Three of them are in school. We had to send our kids to Catholic schools because those were the only schools that were given the kind of education that we wanted. We, we felt, and we, we have to, that's a big financial sacrifice to send your kids to Catholic schools. Now they're not really expensive compared to the public schools. By the way, the public schools charge almost twice as much per student in terms of the total cost of running the public schools versus the Catholic schools. And the Catholic schools are better. Think about that one. How is it that these Catholic schools, ladies and gentlemen, can provide a better education in cities like New York and Chicago and San Francisco and Los Angeles and Baltimore and Philadelphia. How can those Catholic schools provide a better education for our children at one half the cost of what it costs in the public schools? I've never heard a good answer to that. Never, never. I've, I've asked my friends who are teachers, people who are teachers, union members, school administrators. How is it the Catholic schools are only spending $10,000 per student? You're spending $20,000 per student, and they're doing a better job of it. And the answer is because they don't have all the administrators. They have, the, they have teachers that are there because they want to teach. I do believe, by the way, I'm gonna, I, I've said this many times. I'm going to say it again because I'm not here to discourage teachers. A good teacher is worth their Go, their weight in gold. I'm going to say that again. A great teacher is worth their weight in gold. I had in my, uh, you know, schooling, I remember I had five or six or seven teachers who were just outstanding and they changed my life. You, you all have experienced the same thing. The problem is you got a lot of crappy teachers who want critical race theory and they're, they're more interested in, in being in the union picket line than being in front of a classroom and they're not performing. How many, how many teachers in New York City, and probably there are tens of thousands of teachers in New York City, how many got fired last year? How many? How many got fired? I think the answer is practically zero. I mean, come on. Every business, if you got a bad performer, you fire them. They don't do that in the, you know, I know I'm going on and on about this. I feel passionately about this. The schools are for the kids. They are not for school administrators. They're not for the principals. They're not for the PTA members. They're not for the, the union bosses. They are for our kids. And if we don't start putting our kids first, folks, we are in big trouble as a nation. I'm Steve Moore. You've been listening to the More Money Show. I'll be back same time next week. Uh, and thanks so much for listening. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.